I wonder today if you have got something and you just can't not believe it. Maybe it's this. Your spouse has changed. Maybe they've cheated on you or maybe they've whatever it is. And they're telling you I've changed. But you have such a history of them being <laughs> the other version that you can't believe what they're saying. Maybe you need to hear it from the Lord and not them. Because he'll tell you as many times as you need to hear it. It's time now for the Autumn Miles Show. Hey, hey, guys, it is your girl, Autumn Miles. Welcome back to another brand new edition of the Autumn Miles Show. That is what you're listening to. I hope that's what you meant to click on, the Autumn Miles Show. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here because the Lord himself has been downloading up until literally the last five minutes that I logged on. He has been downloading more points to this message that I'm about to give you. So uh, that's why I love the word of God. It's like uh, you never stop learning. You never stop learning. Some people I meet and they're like, they kind of act like they know everything about the Bible. And I'm like, really? I don't feel like I've never even scratched the surface of it. I mean, literally, I just wrote down another point as I was talking in my pre-production meeting. So you're in for a treat. We are doing part two of, you know what? I didn't even think about this being a part twoer. It was supposed to just go in with last week, but part two of, I mean, I guess a mini series for Christmas, part one and part two. Who knows? I might go into a part three. I've got so many points. I might go into a part three. I don't really know if I'm going to do that or not because there's other stuff I want to get to, but you're in the right place. If you want to hear about Christmas and the Christmas story and interesting facts about the Christmas story. You are in the right place. So welcome to the show today. Couple reminders. Listen, it's the end of the year. If you would like to donate to the Autumn Miles Ministry, Autumn Miles Ministries, you can go to my website, autumnmiles.com. There's a donate tab on there. We would absolutely be very grateful if you would do that for us. Takes money. It takes a lot of money, actually, to bring this to you every single week. You know, we don't take hiatus. We don't take furloughs. Not that we wouldn't at some point, but we haven't yet. And um, we are really passionate. I would say the whole team is passionate about bringing fresh content to you guys every week. And, you know, I know it seems you know, like it's all packaged and stuff when you get to it. But let me tell you, there are multiple steps to what we do. And so it is a long, arduous process, one that is dripping in the Holy Spirit. We invite him to come in and to mess up our plans all the time and to fix things and to make things better all the time. But there's a lot of people involved here, a lot of people involved. So if you would like to donate to the show um, or the ministry at large, autumnmiles.com, we would absolutely be super grateful for your Christmas gift. We would absolutely love that. 
Also, I have a huge announcement. Next week, do not forget, next week, this is something that I've been waiting to do for like a long time. I would even say the duration of ministry, I have been waiting to do this. Okay. And the time has come. God has confirmed it multiple times for me to do what I'm going to announce next week. So, guys, Mike and Ashlyn, don't let me forget to announce it. Anyway, it's going to be fabulous. I've been waiting a super long time. Um, We've got big plans for the beginning of the year. And I'm so excited about it. I actually was just having a conversation with my husband before we started recording. And I just told him, this is why one of the reasons, no, there's lots of reasons, but like a mom, a wife, all those things. But this is one of the big reasons why I am here. We'll announce it next week. So come back. You don't want to miss it. Okay. What is happening in my life? Well, it is Christmas list time at the Miles residence. Okay. Christmas list time looks so different than when I was a kid. Like I tell my kids all the time, like we got oranges and maybe two presents. Like It wasn't like it, we were like overflowing with all the stuff um, that everyone is overflowing with nowadays. As a matter of fact, we um, used to, when the kids were real little, we used to go overboard every year. And we've actually really cut back because I just had a conversation with my son yesterday and I said, you know, what? it's just really not good to get everything you want. <laughs> you know, it's just it's not good. It's not a healthy thing. That's not life. That's not practical. So pick a couple of things and, you know, we'll pray about it. We'll see what God says. He loves that answer. Anyways, it's Christmas list time and it looks much different than it did when I was a kid. I literally remember getting oranges and walnuts for Christmas. I'm not even kidding you. That was like a thing. Does that make me sound super old? I'm only 43, but why do I feel like that's ancient right now? I just feel like it was like a treat to get an orange. I'm serious. And there's oranges in my fridge right now. Anyways, I tell all the kids, okay, here's the deal. The older kids text me what you want. The younger kids, you know, make a list and they can read and write like very good. Like gone are the days where we can spell things because they know how to spell really good and they know how to read. So uh, I tell the kids, write me a list. Okay. So all of my kids have stayed pretty well in the boundaries of not ridiculous. Except for Grace. I don't know what happened to her this year. Her list was so ridiculous. It was like, I want a computer and I want a car and I want a cappuccino machine. And I'm like, you're not getting any of these things. She's like, no, no, these are just my wants, my desires, just in case. I'm like, just in case that's not happening. Anyways, Haven and Moses made their list and Haven has made me multiple lists, you guys. When I say I get a Christmas list from her every day, I'm really not joking. <laughs> She's, and don't forget, Mom, I want this yellow dressed doll at the store. And don't forget, Mom, I want that. I mean, every day, this child is relentless. She cannot wait for Christmas. I mean, she was looking forward to Christmas on May 26th. I mean, the girl is like all about it. She loves it. So I, I'm collecting all of her lists. And yesterday I found them on. I threw them all away because I had consolidated them in one list. But her list is hilarious. Now, Grace 
when she asked for all the things on her list, she said, don't worry, mom, you don't have to get it. It's okay. This is just things that I eventually want. Haven, she didn't say that. This is what I want. This is, you know, I mean, she's a very sweet kid, but she's also hilarious. Okay. So on her list were things like, you know, the normal things, dolls. Um, you know, they're kind of getting out. My my eight-year-olds, they're kind of out of like the toy phase. They're more into the electronic thing. So she wants like a PlayStation. Okay. She wants uh what are those little handheld ones? Oh my gosh, I can't even think. I don't even know what they are. Xbox, maybe. She wants that. And then a couple uh, lines down on her list was a pony. <laughs> because we have a yard for a pony. I don't know. And um, she's dead serious about it. I want a pony. Okay. Well, that's wonderful. Maybe you can have a pony in heaven. Because it's not happening here in Texas on our land. Which we don't have a land. We live in a neighborhood. So... Maybe you can have a pony in heaven. Ask Jesus for a pony. Okay. I want a pony. She also wants a dirt bike. And no. She's eight. She's these dirt. Have you seen these dirt bikes? Like they're amazing. I would drive them, but they're for like teenagers. Okay. Haven is fully convinced she can skip an entire developmental stage in her life, and she is already a teenager. She does not need to be 9, 10, 11, 12, because she is already a teenager in her head. So she wants a dirt bike, which, no, that's not happening because she could crash, and we're not doing that. She also wants a phone. Okay, yeah, a phone, no. (laughs) We're not buying you a phone. And then, to top everything off, she wants a spiral ham. (laughs) She loves ham. She's very consistent with the ham. I remember one year, like, you know those Target ads or Walmart ads or whatever there? She came and, like, the ham was circled, like, ten times. She wants ham. I think maybe maybe I should just wrap up a ham and put it under the tree for Christmas and see what she says. She would probably love it. She'd probably make herself a ham sandwich. I don't know. Even know what she would do with that. But I mean, she's old enough to know that presents go under the tree. So she wants a dirt bike, a phone, a pony, an Xbox, a PlayStation, and a ham. <laughs> dead serious. You guys, she's dead serious. Luckily, I had to bring her down from, you know, floating in the sky and be like, babe. We're not buying. I mean, I might buy you the ham. I don't know, but all this other stuff, I don't. I don't know if we're gonna do or not. But definitely not the pony, and definitely not the dirt bike. And so, anyway. On the other hand, quickly, Moses gives me a list. He is like sweet as pie. You guys, we actually call him Mosey Pie, which he hates. We can only call him that in the four walls of our home. So if you see him out, don't call him Mosey Pie. But um, he came and I said, Betty, where's your list? And he said, Mom, I just like you to surprise me. Get me whatever you want. 
The vast difference in my children is large, guys, large. Anyway, that's the season that we're in. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Who knows? Maybe God will gift her a pony. Who knows? If that happens, that's going to go on my miracle segment of the show. Anyway, that's what's happening in my life. After the break, we are going to talk about part two of this Isaiah 7 passage. It is so good, so practical. You do not want to miss it. I'll see you in a sec. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go, X, Y, Z, A, yeah. Looking for a passionate speaker to bring the Word of God for your next conference or church function? We've got the girl for you. Autumn Miles is the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministries with the goal of spiritually challenging the way people think. Autumn is dedicated to teaching the Bible in an engaging and relatable way so that everyone can experience the Lord in a deeper way. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she's passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. So what are you waiting for? You can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement today. Just go to autumnmiles.com. Once there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go, X, Y, Z, A, yeah. Okay, guys, we're back. We're just talking on the break how much my daughter loves meat. She's a meat eater, that little eight-year-old. She's a meat eater. <laughs> I think it's funny that she likes him so much. Anyways, last week we really got into Isaiah 7, and it was kind of a precursor to what I wanted to talk about for Christmas. I want to just go over a little bit, just a slight review of what we talked about last week. We talked through Isaiah 7, and the reason that we talked through it is because it's so practical, okay? This was given to us like a very long time ago, and happened a very long time ago. And yet here we are still discussing the practicality of these passages. We talked about being triggered last week. We talked about what God does with our triggers, how we need to tell ourselves a totally different story. We talked about the word of God and God giving us a word. His word is the um, salve to our triggers and every trigger needs the word of God to combat it. We talked about how when people come up against cities or people or ideas or whatever that God is for, they cannot conquer those things that God is for. They cannot conquer it. And that's exactly what happened. We talked about the fear of King Ahaz and how he really, really struggled with fear. We talked about how God said this in Isaiah um, 7, 7, it shall not stand, nor shall it come to pass. We talked about getting a report and believing the report because it feels so real. And yet 
if we do not hold it under the accountability of Scripture and ask God, is this something for me to be concerned about? A lot of times we will believe a false report. I told you about my son being told for 14 years, your son has severe allergies and asthma. And he was on all kinds of these different medications for allergies and asthma for years and had multiple tests run and it came back. He wasn't allergic to anything. And we had to confirm that multiple times because I'm like, I don't believe this test. I don't believe this report. It's funny how we, when the truth of a report that tells us truth comes out, the truth is so hard to believe when we have believed a lie for so long. Lies oftentimes are more believable than truth. And Satan is so crafty at making sure that the lies are credibly believable. So we will bite just like Eve did with the apple. So I want to move into part two of this. This is what I did not get to last week. I am going to go ahead and read. For those of you that did not hear last week, go listen to it. It was super good. I'm going to go ahead and read the passages for last week, and then I'm going to pick up part two of where I'm going to start dissecting these scriptures. Isaiah 7 says this, Now it came about in the days of Ahaz, the son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, king of Judah, Ahaz, king of Judah, that Rezin, the king of Aram, and Pekah, the king of Israel. I'm skipping over a little bit because sometimes it's confusing when they give all their ancestry and stuff. So we've got King Ahaz, king of Judah, Rezin, and Pekah coming against Judah, okay? They went up to Jerusalem to wage war against it. Pekah and Rezin went up against Ahaz, king of Judah, to wage war against it, but they could not conquer it. Verse two, when it was reported the house of David, which would be Ahaz, king of Judah, saying the Arminians, um, the Arameans, excuse me, have camped in Ephraim, his heart and the hearts of his people shook as the trees of the forest shake with the wind. The Lord said to Isaiah, go out to meet Ahaz, you and your son, at the end of the conduit of the upper pool on the highway to the fuller's field and say to him, take care and be calm. Have no fear and do not be faint hearted because of these two stubs of smoldering firebrands on account of the fierce anger of Rezin and Aram, the son of Remaliah, because Aram with Ephraim and the son of Remaliah has planned evil against you saying, let us go up to Judah and terrorize it and make for ourselves a breach in its wall and set the son of Tabeel as king in the midst of it. Thus says the Lord, it shall not stand. It ain't going to happen. Ahaz, don't worry. Nor shall it come to pass. For the head of Aram is Damascus. The head of Damascus is Rezin. The head of Ephraim is Samaria. And the head of Samaria is the son of Remaliah. If you will not believe, you will surely not last. Now that's where we stopped last week. And it was super good. And I dissected that a lot. But this is where we're going to pick it up. 
I'm going to go back to verse 9. And the head of Ephraim is Samaria. The head of Samaria is the son of Remaliah. If you will not believe, you surely shall not last. Then the Lord spoke again to Ahaz saying, ask a sign for yourself from the Lord. Make the sign as deep as Sheol or as high as the heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. Then he said, listen now, O house of David, is it too slight a thing for you to try the patience of men that you will try the patience of God, of my God as well? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. He will eat curds and honey at the time. He knows enough to refuse evil and choose good. For before the boy will know enough to refuse evil and choose good, the land whose two kings you dread will be forsaken. So there we have it. That's the whole passage of scripture. I want to spend some time on 10 and 11. Then the Lord spoke to Ahaz again. It's amazing how this passage of scripture is like every word I'm dissecting because I feel like they're all so incredibly potent. Then the Lord spoke to Ahaz again. Now the Lord had already spoken to Ahaz a couple of times. Go meet uh, Ahaz and you will say to him, take care and be calm. And then he also said, it shall not come to pass. And now the Lord is speaking again. The Lord spoke again, third time to Ahaz about the same thing. And he basically said the same thing, except for he added a little bit to ask a sign for yourself from the Lord, your God. Make it as deep as Sheol or as high as heaven. I got stuck on this one word again. Then the Lord spoke again to Ahaz. He spoke again. He spoke again. Now, Ahaz is freaking out. According to verse 2, 7, 2, Ahaz's heart is shaken like leaves in the tree. He is freaking out. Out. That's a very beautiful word picture, you know, when you see the wind going outside and you see the leaves like going back and forth and they're not standing still. That's what his heart was, okay? He is freaking out over this. Why? We talked about it last year because the other two kings, Rezin and Pekka, had already defeated him once. So they were coming again. He was triggered. He was freaking out. He didn't know what to do. And so then the Lord, verse 10, spoke again to Ahaz. I couldn't get past this word again. It is such a beautiful thing to know that God helps us, speaks to us as many times as we need to hear it. I was going through an incredibly difficult time several years ago. And I remember the Lord speaking to me and he would tell me truth, like just flat out truth. And I knew it was truth. I knew that what God was telling me 
out of intellectually, I know this. I have taught people how to study the Bible for 20 years. I've studied the Bible very intently. For I've written books. I've counseled people. <laughs> and the Lord spoke to me. And I'm telling you what, it was as if he said it to me. I knew intellectually it was true, but I could not believe it as truth. I knew what God was saying was true. I actually had proof. I had proof that what God was telling me was truth. But I had divided the enemy and me because sometimes you help the enemy. Okay. Sometimes you help the enemy and you aid the enemy in his narrative that he tells you in your brain. Sometimes you just help him out. He'll put a little thought in there and then you give it legs and you give it tree limbs and you give it roots and you give it, and then you color it and you put highlighter in there and you don't just put glitter on it and you do all this kind of stuff to one thought the enemy put in your head. And all of a sudden it's a full blown all out attack on your safety, your stability and and everything that has to do with you. And it is so real and so believable because you have blown it up in your head that the truth is hard to believe. It's hard to stop believing something that seems more real when you've given it airtime in your mind and replace that thought with truth. And I had just worn myself into a doozy and I remember even talking to Eddie and Eddie would be like tell me what you're thinking I mean I was struggling so hard with anxiety during this season of my life and just you know fear and anxiety and all this kind of stuff and he would be like tell me what you're thinking and then I tell him and I'm like don't laugh at me because I know it sounds stupid but <laughs> that's this is what I'm thinking and he he never laughed God bless his heart he never laughed at me one time but he would look at me and he goes he would say, Autumn, you know this is not true. And I would say, that's just the problem. I know it's not true, but I'm believing it as truth. Ever have those thoughts? And here the Lord is telling me truth through his word. He's confir He confirmed it 752 different ways, okay? This is truth, Autumn. This is truth, Autumn. And I'm thinking, why is this so hard for me to grasp? Anyone else out there? I know I'm not the only one. This is a ploy and a trick from the enemy that is effective. And I remember one time I got up, I got up super duper early as I love to do with, you know, when you have 40, kids, you got to get up early. You don't have times during the day. You don't get to sleep in you don't, none of those things. So I have to get up before every, anyone gets up, you know, just to have time with the Lord that is, peaceful. And I remember the Lord speaking to me and he, he it was so tender. And he said this to me, I'm going to tell you this as many times as you need to hear it. Like I got tears in my eyes as soon as I said that. He wasn't impatient. He wasn't mad at me. He wasn't frustrated with the fact that I just couldn't get it. I just couldn't believe the truth. I just couldn't. You know, people deal with this all the time with the believing they have value. It's very, very hard to convince someone who truly believes they have no value that they actually have value because they have given that lie in their brain so much airtime that it 
eclipses any sort of truth that there is. It's incredibly difficult. Someone that has dealt with trauma, someone that has dealt with, I would say, abuse. Let's just use that because I know that. It's very hard to tell someone that has been abused in any capacity whatsoever. I'm talking spiritual abuse. I'm talking domestic violence, you know, whatever it is. It is incredibly difficult to transfer that narrative that they've had in their head all of those years about that specific, maybe it's a man that's been abusing them. And it's very, very difficult to tell them there are good men out there after that. It's like, they don't believe it anymore. They've been messed up for so long. They have been taken advantage of for so long. I was this person, okay? Every every guy I met that wanted to date me after my divorce, I was like, nah, I'm good. I'm so good. No, it's okay. You're all alike. And I was wrong. But it was so incredibly hard to tell me that fresh out of an abusive situation and get me to believe it because my experience and what I had lived was told me a different story. It, sometimes it is so difficult when you have been maybe mistreated by your parents. You've been told you're stupid your whole life to believe it when someone says, no, you're not. That was, that's what, that was my thing growing up. Not by my parents, but by the people around me. They would say, you're a dumb blonde. Remember that? Dumb blonde. <laughs> my son referenced a blonde the other day. He didn't say dumb blonde. He dare not. But he said something about a blonde the other day, and I was like, excuse me? And he was like, sorry, Mom, sorry. <laughs> he wasn't talking to me. He was talking to something, someone else, but he knows that that's, I don't like that. But growing up, dumb blonde was a thing, and I had blonde hair. So I automatically I'm qualified as being dumb. So everyone around me in my school and whoever I was, it was when it was cool. I know I'm dating myself. If you are under the age of 30, you might not remember this era. But I remember everyone saying, oh, she's just a dumb blonde. I wasn't dumb. I was just blonde. But don't you know that that being told that so many times you absorb it somehow. And then it's hard to believe, okay, I've been told I'm a dumb blonde. I guess I am a dumb blonde because all these people are telling me I'm a dumb blonde. It's almost as if I began to play the part of dumb blonde when I knew how smart I actually was. The truth is that I was smart. That's the truth. (laughs) But you start living under these lies that somehow become truth. And it's hard to transfer the difference. And the reason I know that Ahaz was dealing with this is because the Lord spoke to him three times, which meant he was really struggling. Autumn, the Lord said to me, I will tell you as many times as you need to hear it. As many times as it takes, I'm not going to be impatient with you. I'm going to walk this out with you until you believe what I'm telling you. I'm going to tell you over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And I dare say it was about a year later when all of a sudden one day I had a moment where I thought, what am I doing? A breakthrough. The Lord got through. 
Not because he forced himself in. Because he was consistently there. Then the Lord spoke again to Ahaz. I wonder today if you have got something and you just can't not believe it. Maybe it's this. Your spouse has changed. Maybe they've cheated on you or maybe they've whatever it is. And they're telling you, I've changed. But you have such a history of them being (laughs) the other version that you can't believe what they're saying. Maybe you need to hear it from the Lord and not them. Because he'll tell you as many times as you need to hear it. That day that I had that huge revelation, I went and bought a tree and I bought a weeping willow. I don't know if I've said this story on the air before. I don't know if I have or not. I bought this weeping willow and I went to my backyard and I planted the tree myself. I did have Judah dig the hole (laughs) because I'm like, that's really hard to do. And I planted a tree just like the memory stones in Israel that the Lord had him put down because I had struggled to believe the Lord for so long. I felt like I had a breakthrough. And now every time I look at that tree, I'm not just reminded of what he told me and how he was right. I'm reminded to believe him. Even when everything feels like it contradicts him, believe him then. Because you know what? When all shook out, he was right. I was wrong. Though the Lord spoke again to Ahaz. He's going to help you as many times. How many times is he going to help you? As many times as you need it. (laughs) This is what the Lord said to Ahaz. Ask a sign for yourself from the Lord, your God. Make it as deep as Sheol or as high as heaven. Now, this was another thing. I actually shared this on my team call yesterday um, with one of our team members. I can get past this. These verses are so powerful, you guys. Just sit and dissect them for like five seconds. They're so powerful. Ask a sign for yourself from the Lord your God. Make it as deep as Sheol or as high as heaven. This verse is incredibly powerful because the Lord gives Ahaz freedom to direct him. (laughs) This does not happen very often. The Lord does not just say, yeah, I'll do whatever you want me to do. A lot of the time, okay? In this one special instance, he is saying, you choose the sign. Make it as deep as Sheol or as high as heaven. Now, this statement says to me multiple things about the Lord. There's a lot of talk about signs. There's a lot of talk about we shouldn't ask the Lord for a sign. Okay, we'll refer him to Isaiah 7 verse 11 because that was the Lord speaking. I don't know. I don't know why people say that. Like, Don't ask the Lord. I'm going to get to that in verse 12, but... 
people are like, I don't ask for signs. I don't need a sign. Okay. Well, I do. <laughs> because you must be more spiritual than me. I need a sign. I need to know the Lord is still there. He's still with me. Okay. But the Lord is saying here three different things. Number one, he saw even after the Lord had spoke to him twice, he saw that Ahaz was still fearful. This just defines, I believe, the Lord's compassion for us. And it goes back to verse one. The Lord spoke again to Ahaz. He's looking down and he's watching this situation unfold. And he's like, okay, I said this twice already. But Ahaz needs in this moment something more from his father than just me saying it. Let me tell you how great and how compassionate and how amazing our God is. The Bible says he remembered that they were but or merely flesh. He knows how he made you. He is not like, you know, expecting you to be super faith person, Abraham, every single day, all the time. Okay. That would be great if you were. And congratulations if you are that, but I'm not. I definitely have weekdays where I'm like, God, are you still there? I need a sign. But in this case, the Lord saw how fearful Ahaz and his people were. So he offered it to Ahaz rather than Ahaz asking for it for himself. Number one, he saw how fearful he was and that he needed something a little bit more than what he had already said. Number two, the compassion of the Lord wanted to calm him down. This is where I get can get really emotional. The compassion of the Lord does not listen to me. Listen to me. <laughs> the compassion of the Lord does not want you to shake on the inside like the leaves shake in the trees with the wind. The compassion of the Lord does not want you swallowed up in anxiety 24-7. The compassion of the Lord does not want you fearful of everything all the time. The compassion and the great mercy of the Lord wants to raise your peace level so that you don't have to live a life that is swallowed up by some of these things that is literally eating up the world today. He saw that Ahaz was still fearful and the compassion of the Lord wanted him to calm down. Let me tell you, those of you who are struggling with anxiety today, the compassion of the Lord wants to show you that he is for you, that he is with you, that he is going before you. The compassion of the Lord will go. Um, there is no limit on what you can put on his compassion for you. And he will show you as many times as you need to hear it in whatever way makes sense to you. That's what he's saying here. Ask, you do it. What do you want me to do? What's going to calm you down? What's going to make you less fearful, less anxious? What is it going to take for you to believe me? What's it going to take? I'll do whatever you want me to do. I am yours to direct. Go ahead. And this is what the Lord is speaking. And then the Lord said this. I remember one time I was telling my team yesterday. I remember one time I was... I feel like I tell you all my bad times. I have really good times too. <laughs> but we've been through a lot, you know, leading to ministry. It's like you are right out in front, ready to get hit by the enemy at all times. Okay. We've been in ministry a long time. 
but I'm I'm struggling. I'm the head of this ministry. You know, at that point we were all over the place, like all over the place. And everything was really starting to click and stuff. Well, there was a lot of needs. Anyone that says, I want to start a ministry, I'm like, count the cost because it will cost you everything you have times 50. It just is, it's not for the faint of heart. So here I am, I'm driving. I don't know where I'm driving back from, but there's a park. I'm so emotional in my car because I'm like, God, I just don't know how I'm going to get through this next season. There's so many financial responsibilities and like there's, I'm traveling so much and you know, all of these things and there's so much pressure on me. I just felt the pressure, so much pressure, you know, pressure to perform expectations of people, you know, criticism of people. Well, that wasn't her best message. And I don't know if I'm going to listen to her again. And why she does her face like that? And why does she get those lashes and you know, all this kind of stuff. And there's so much that goes into being out front. And I was overwhelmed by it, ready to quit, <laughs> just done. And I'm um, driving by this park and I didn't even want to drive. That's how over it I was. And I pulled over and I sat in this park and I just sat there and cried. And I didn't want to go home because I don't want the kids to see me upset. And, you know, you guys know how that is. You just kind of, at least I do. I want to, I want my kids to. I, I want them to feel, even if I'm not having the best day, that they're okay. So I pull over and um, here I am crying, praying, God, you've got to come through, God. And I just felt like the Lord said this to me, asked me for a sign. What do you want to hear? And I'm thinking, what do I want to hear? And out of the blue, I don't even know where it came from. This is so stupid, you guys. But this is what I did. This was where I was at. It wasn't an intellectual sign I asked for. I said, Lord, out of Grace's mouth, she was about four or five. She was young, super young. I want her to tell me the word lock, like lock, lock, just out of her mouth. And it's got to be from her. Because she's young and I don't even think she, she never says that word. And so it would be weird. It's like a weird sign. I'm asking for a weird sign. But I know that if you're going to come through, she says the word lock, I got you. I'm good. And so I drive home and there, and I had peace in my spirit right after that. I felt like, well, the Lord's probably going to do that because I just feel peace. So I go into the house and Grace comes home from school and, well, she was in school. So she, maybe she was six or something. I don't know. She was young. And she comes, I'm, I'm cleaning the house or something. And she comes in and she was like, mom. And my daughter's a super animated. She said, guess what I learned at school. And I said, what baby? And she said, we learned about the Loch Ness monster. And I was like, what? Mom, we learned about the Loch Ness monster. And I was totally speechless because immediately I didn't know what to do. Cry, faint, lay down, hug her, <laughs> turn on worship music. I didn't know what to do. She comes over to me and she's like, hello, mom. And I just, I just hug her and, you know, get teary eyed. And she said, you just confirmed something so huge for me. Thank you for you. And I tell her, I tell all my kids. When something like that happens, you were an instrument of the Lord that ministered to mom. They need to hear that, that they're capable of that. She was like, I was. And sure enough, exactly what God was telling me happened. 
it was okay. But I needed a sign because my faith was being challenged. Ask a sign for yourself from the Lord, your God. Make it as deep as Sheol or as high as heaven. The compassion of the Lord wanted Ahaz to calm down. So he said, a sign will do that. Verse three, I mean, excuse me, point number three from that verse. He will go to great lengths in order for you to walk in peace. Make it as deep as Sheol or as high as the heavens. I remember uh, walking into adopt. Well, I remember both of them going to adopt the kids, but Moses was, you know, we've done two adoptions and Moses was the first one, you know, and there is a waiting period that you wait after the birth mom gives birth. And, oh my gosh, I hope I don't say this wrong. I think in the state of Texas, it was 48 hours when we adopted him. So he was born and then we could sign our paperwork and she could sign her paperwork 48 hours later. If that's changed, it's been a while. Okay. <laughs> and like in my heart, paperwork or not, <laughs> you know, I just, I'm, I love this child. Like I love this child, you know? And so he was born and then we had to wait a whole full day. And then we had to wait almost all of the next day. Cause it's a complete 48 hours. And he was born at a specific time and, you know, this is, you know, birth moms can change their mind and it's their right to do that. It's their right to do that. If that's, if they change their mind, it is their right to do that. Let me just say that. I already loved him. I already loved him when I saw him, when my, when I heard about him, I loved him before I ever, he was ever even a, a blip in the world. Okay. But the next morning, I remember getting up, he was born. And then of course we can't take him out of the hospital, you know, because we haven't signed the paperwork yet or anything like that. And so the next morning I was struggling so bad because I just thought, Lord, is this going to happen? I need a sign. I need a tangible sign from you that this is actually going to happen. And I opened up my Streams in the desert, which I read so much. And there was a verse that's very personal to me, but it was the very verse that I needed in order to know I got you. And sure enough, 48 hours later, we were heading back to Dallas with our baby boy. Ask for a sign. He will go to great lengths. When he says, listen, I'm going to give you a sign. I'm going to help you out. I get it. There are some times when my word just, you need something a little bit more. You need evidence. You need, you need me to manifest myself in my presence or in another person or, or um, with a word from somebody else or, or like my daughter, Grace, Locke. I'm learning about the Loch Ness Monster. How in the world was she supposed to know what I just cried and prayed to the Lord about a, a couple of hours earlier? She didn't, but God did. Make it. As high, as deep as Sheol or as high as the heaven. I want to say this to you. I've gotten multiple verses because I know people are like, signs. I just don't believe in signs. Well, guess what? Let me read this specific verse to you about God giving 
us a sign. Luke 2, 12 through 14. And suddenly, uh, excuse me, 12. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, cloths, and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. 17. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told to them about the child when the shepherds found Jesus. The angel gave them a sign on where to go. I could go through so many different passages of scripture. Isaiah 37, 30, then this shall be a sign to you. You will eat this year what grows of itself. And in the second year, what springs from the same. And the third year, sow, reap, plant vineyards and eat their fruit. Isaiah 38, 7. This shall be a sign to you from the Lord that the Lord will do this thing that he has spoken. Jeremiah 44, 29. This will be a sign to you, declares the Lord. I'm going to punish you in this place. Oh, my goodness. So that you may know that the words will surely stand against you for harm. Luke 2, 12. I just read it. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and laying in a manger. Exodus 3, 12. And he said, certainly I will be with you. And this will be a sign to you. That it is I who have sent you when you have brought this people out of Egypt. Exodus 4, 3. Then get yourself an iron gate and set it up in the iron wall between you and the city and set your face toward it and besiege it. This is a sign to the house of Israel. Isaiah 66, 19. I will set a sign among them and will send survivors to the nations. I'm going to keep on going because there's a lot of them. Then Moses said, what? If they will not believe me or listen to what I say, for they may say the Lord has not appeared. Then the Lord said to him, what is in your hand? And he said, a staff. And he said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground and it became a servant. And Moses fled from it. But it was a sign from God. You shall take in your hand this staff and you shall perform signs from the Lord. Isaiah 7. Ooh, that's where we are. Ask a sign for yourself from the Lord. Make it deep as she or as high as heaven. First Samuel 2.34. This will be a sign to you which will come concerning your two sons. I won't read the rest of it, but it's there. First Samuel 14.12. But if they say, come up to us, then we will go up. For the Lord has given them into our hands. And this will be a sign to us. Second Kings 19. Uh, 29, then this shall be a sign to you. You shall eat this year what grows itself, second year, third year. Okay. There's several more, but I'm going to start right there. God, stop right there, is willing to give us signs to confirm his word. The Lord had given Ahaz his word first. And then he said, I'll do you one better or I'll do you one equal because is it better. I don't know. I'm going to also give you a sign. 
I feel like we're hesitant. The enemy makes us hesitant to ask for signs from the Lord. And I'm not saying, you know, be ridiculous, like be humble and, you know, whatever. Because this is what we think. What if God doesn't come through? What if he doesn't answer my sign? What if he doesn't give me what I'm looking for? Well, then are you any worse off? If God decides not to give you a sign, are you any worse off? You're not. (laughs) So ask for it and see what he does. I have asked for signs from the Lord more times than I, I don't even really know more times. Sometimes it's his word that he confirms. Sometimes it's a person that says something to me. Like, listen, I just feel like I have a word from the Lord for you. Sometimes it's an event. I remember one time I was um, struggling and I asked the Lord for a rainbow. I was at the beach. I think it was Fort Myers, Fort Myers, maybe. I don't know. One of those down there in Florida. I love Florida. I was on the beach and I asked for a rainbow just to confirm because that was a sign that God gave the people. <laughs> so I asked for a rainbow. I'm like, how basic can this be? A rainbow. Give me a sign, Lord. Three days later, no rainbow. And I'm like, what in the world? Lord, are you here? Or are you not here? I was about to ready to check out of my hotel. And someone comes running in and they're like, go look at the sky. It's so crazy. And I walked outside to look at the sky, which I never would do when I'm at the desk of a hotel. I would stay there. But I took my little everything with me and went outside and looked. And it was um, really overcast and super weird, like weird looking outside. And all of a sudden, out of heaven, God dropped a rainbow right in front of my eyes. And it wasn't just one rainbow. It ended up being a double rainbow. It was the most purest, most brightest, most beautiful rainbow I have ever seen in my entire life. And I ended up going out to the sand and just sitting on it. And everyone was like, look how pretty the rainbow was. And I would look at them and be like, yeah, it's really pretty. Thinking that's my rainbow. (laughs) That's my sign. I know you're enjoying my sign, but it's my sign. So many times the Lord is so close to us, guys. He is so close to us and he is so willing to manifest his presence, his power on our behalf. He is so willing to do that. It's tangible. You can see it. A rainbow. You can hear it. Loch Ness Monster. You can participate in it. If we'll just ask. Don't let the enemy warn you. He's not going to come through. Do it anyway. If God doesn't answer your sign, are you any better or worse off? No, you're not. You're in the exact same place that you're in. Verse 12, and I'm wrapping up here. But Ahaz says, I will not ask. I could not believe that he responded. The first time I read this passage, this is so mad at Ahaz. But Ahaz said, so self-righteous, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. Now, this goes back to, you know, what I was kind of saying a little bit earlier, his response to God really being incredibly humble and saying, you direct me was so self-righteous, so religious, so kind of makes you nauseous hearing him. And I hear this coming out of other people's mouths. I'm not going to test the Lord like that. Really? Okay. That's, that's cool. That's how you want to live your life. But that was Ahaz's response. Here the Lord was so open with him and so transparent. And he says, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. Incredibly self-righteous. A word of warning here. Self-righteousness and Ahaz's pride robbed him of his opportunity 
to directly experience God. Ahaz was responding to God's humility and his compassion and basically rejecting it. I will not ask. Verse 12, read it for yourself. It makes you mad. I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. A comment of warning. Be sure your self-righteousness is not larger than his righteousness. <laughs> Let's not be that guy, right? Don't be more self-righteous than God is righteous. In God's righteousness, he says, and I mean that, you know, I don't mean your self-righteousness is ever going to be bigger than his righteousness. You guys know what I mean. Just go with me on this. Don't send me an email. I know exactly what I said. But sometimes we are so prideful and so full of us and myself included. We somehow put ourselves on a pedestal above what God is willing to do for us simply because of whatever religious thing that we're buying into at the moment. I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. Really? Well, that's just really not okay. <laughs> okay. Here, the Lord is humble before you and you're rejecting him. I want to say just a word about regret. I was thinking about regret yesterday as I read this passage. And I think regret, I know A has regretted this saying this, especially because of the Lord's response. But I want to tell you something. Regret is expensive. When we decide to say to whoever, to the Lord, no, I'm, I'm not going to take you at your word. I'm not going to ask for a promise. I'm not going to do what you ask me to do. Uh, I'm not going to listen to what you're saying. I'm not going to obey. We regret. I'm going to quit because I want to quit. A lot of times we regret, and I know that Ahaz regretted this. I, I just, I don't know that, but I feel like he would. And I want to just, a word of caution to you, regret is expensive. And the enemy will get you to do anything he will have you do. Quit, be self-righteous like this guy, act like you know everything, be, you know, he will put you in a position and really lie to you in order to kind of trick you into rejecting the Lord like Ahaz just did, and you will regret it. The one thing the enemy doesn't tell us is how much regret costs. He tells us how good it'll be to stand up for yourself or do whatever you want to do, but then he doesn't tell us how much regret costs, and I know that Ahaz regretted this. Verse 13, then he said, listen now, this is Isaiah speaking, listen now, house of David. Oh, Isaiah, getting crazy. Is it too slight a thing for you to try the patience of men, that you will try the patience of God, of my God, as well? This is what Isaiah is saying. You better check yourself, Ahaz. <laughs> Dude, did you actually just say that? You ever have those people, you for real, just say that? That was not cool. Verse 14, therefore, forget your sign. The Lord himself will give you a sign. And this is what that sign's going to be, Ahaz. A virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. Forget your sign. <laughs> your sign probably would have been not cool anyway. The Lord himself is going to give you a sign. A virgin will have a child 
Luke 2.12. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. A virgin will be with child and bear a son. And she will call his name Emmanuel. This will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Many years later, this word came to pass. I want to just close by um, asking you if your heart needs comfort. You don't have to live filled with anxiety. You don't have to live filled with fear. You don't have to live with all of those things. Our God this Christmas season wants to be so incredibly personal with you. Wouldn't it be cool if this Christmas season you experience him in a completely different way that you've never experienced him before? Ask the Lord to reveal himself to you. Because if you feel fearful, if you feel anxious, there is a God who has massive compassion. His compassion fails not. It's new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Ask for that today. And ask the Lord to enter your life. And like in this way, show me, Lord. Show me. Lord, we love you today. And I just, I pray over those people that can relate to Ahaz. I know I've been there where their hearts are shaken like the leaves in the tree when the wind hits them. They're anxious. They're nervous. They're fearful. Spirit of the living God, I just ask that you would manifest yourself to those that are listening today, God. Show them a sign from you that you are with them. And God, we love you. We trust you. And I thank you for this text. What a comfort this text is to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Be back right after the break for a question and a story from you all. See you in a second. Every day, a new day. Yeah, vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day. Yeah. Let's go. X, Y, Z, A. Yeah. Did you know that Autumn has many resources available to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God? By visiting autumnmiles.com, you can access them all. From there, you can find previous teachings under the podcast and media tabs, and you can order any one of the books Autumn has written. Her book, Appointed, will help you better understand that your significance is only found in God. While I Am Rahab beautifully conveys God's ability to redeem any situation you may have found yourself in. And if you want to add some heat to your prayer life and kick things up a notch, Gangsta Prayer is a book that will help you do just that. Again, you can find all these resources and more by visiting autumnmiles.com. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go, X, Y, Z, A, yeah. Okay, guys, we're back. I loved that one, guys. I feel like it was like a warm hug, you know, a Bible hug. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. He loves you, okay? That's why he put this awesome book together for us. So cool. 
Um, okay, I have a, a testimony. Let's read the testimony first. I had to step back away from everyone, literally everyone. At first, I thought this would be the most difficult, lonely time in my life. I was seriously underestimating exactly why it was that the Lord had pulled me into this season. He was working on some things that couldn't have ever been accomplished should I had anyone else around. That sounds crazy. But I can tell day by day that he is uprooting things I didn't even realize were there. This is peace. There's no way of describing his peace. We use this testimony because, first of all, she put it in a couple of times. And I wanted to make sure that we highlighted something here. These stories, I like the stories where I was like, I had cancer and now I'm cancer free, you know, that stuff. But sometimes the biggest miracles that God does is uproot toxic systems, toxic living conditions, ways of life, thought processes. Sometimes the biggest miracles he does in someone's life is uproot toxicity and give them a refresh at life. I know in the last few years, I've been doing that myself. I've, I said at the beginning of the year, and this year is all about healing. When you start noticing why you respond, why you react, why you're tense in certain conversations, all of those feelings need a healer. And, you know, their feelings are telling you, no, you're not healed in this area yet. You've got some hurt here. You've got some trauma here. You, And um, in the last few years of my life, I've been noticing, I just noticed something last night. I don't even know. It was like stupid. I was like watching a show and something I just felt like, eh, I didn't like the way that felt. And I asked the Lord, reveal, reveal this to me. What do I need to work on in this area? So this is a huge miracle. He is uprooting some things I didn't even realize were there. And I encourage you guys out there, when you get into a conversation and you just feel the Lord tug on your heart or there's an unease there or a disrest or even anxiety there, take that to the Lord and say, why? What do I need to work on in me that would remove that because I don't want to live like that. I don't want to live in bondage, right? Anymore. Okay. Very good. Per request, I suffer from anxiety, panic, fear, nervousness, and worry along with PTSD. I am begging the Lord to heal me. I love the Lord and know he loves me. I really need healing. Could you pray for me? Lord, we just covered the topic of anxiety of fear of being triggered. And Lord, there's a reason why I read this out loud. Lord, I pray that whoever wrote this in, I pray that you would, just like we talked about earlier, would unleash your healing mercy over her. Spirit of God, I pray that you would touch her. I pray that she would have an experience with you. I pray that she would listen to this podcast and be encouraged by it. Because you know the road map to healing for her. Have compassion and have mercy on her, Lord. And heal her. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, here is the question. My dad doesn't have any of the same fundamental beliefs as me when it comes to religion. I don't like the idea of cutting ties based off of different beliefs because I feel that's a sure, quick way to never grow, which is true. But it feels dishonorable to my values and my friends whose his beliefs affect negatively to just ignore it all and go about as normal 
at social family gatherings? How do you navigate this with your family? I will say this. What a great question. And I admire you for writing this in. Um, having differences in families is a big deal. It's a big thing. Okay. You love your family. Of course you love your family, but you don't love everything that they believe <laughs> or everything that they stand for. Been there, done that. That's, I totally a hundred percent understand. I disagree with a few of my family members on different things as well. Okay. It's, very normal for me to enter into a conversation only to back out because the peace in that moment is worth the confrontation. Okay. This is how I've done it in my family. I do not go in like swinging in conversations. A lot of times if I believe that we disagree theologically or we disagree about, you said religion or whatever it is, I'll have a conversation with them that goes something like this. This is what I believe God showed me in this area of my life. And I just want you to know that that's where I'm at. I understand that you think differently and we can still coexist, but I just want you to know that this is what God's done in my life. And I leave it simply at that. And a lot of times for those reasons, when there's not drama, when you're not, you know, talking at over Turkey at Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever it is, you're able to reference back to that single conversation where you just called up your dad and said, this is kind of where I stand on this. I know that we're different. I know that we differ, but I just want you to know this is where I stand. Sometimes standing up for yourself doesn't have to be publicly. It can be in a private conversation. And when he starts, you know, disagreeing with you or whatever, you can simply say, remember that conversation that I called you and I had with you? I'm just going to step out of this argument because I'm still there. That's still what I believe. Does that make sense? It doesn't have to be this huge fight. You can deal with it privately and then in public situations, you can refer back to that private conversation. I hope that helps. Anyway, that's what I've done, and it's worked. I love you guys so much. Be back next week for another Christmas message from me. I know we went long today, but you know what? I'm not even sorry about it. <laughs> I'll see you guys next week. God bless. Merry Christmas, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, you can check out the many resources that Autumn has available, from her books and past episodes to her video series. We've got all the tools you need to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. To get connected and for more encouraging content, you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. We appreciate your prayers and support for this ministry. It's because of you that we have been able to impact millions of people worldwide and that we can continue to serve those who need to hear Autumn's message of victory and promise. Find out how you can come alongside us when you go to autumnmiles.com. Just search the top of the index for the support tab. Thank you for listening in today and be sure to join us next time for another episode of The Autumn Miles Show.